Hello and welcome to the bi-week edition of the Giant Take Podcast. My name is Josh and I am joined by my friend and co-host Alex. And we are here sitting on a Thursday night with no Giants football to look forward to on Sunday or on Monday. We have to wait another full week and change until the Giants play the Houston Texans. But that's okay because we're going to take this episode in right now and we're going to see how the Giants are going to look in the future. We're going to be assessing, as you could probably tell from the title, if we put it there or the description, we're going to be looking at a few extensions the Giants can make on players. That includes the main two, as everyone's been talking about recently, Daniel Jones and Saquon Barkley. We're also going to be looking at some other players there as well. And in this episode, we're also going to discuss how I, 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 you know, I know we're not directly halfway through the season, but we're almost there. I think it's what next week, probably, or a couple more weeks until we're t- technically halfway, but it's the bye week. So, this is the Giants sort of halfway midpoint. Um, so we're going to just talk about how the Giants should, you know, go into the future, um, for the rest of the season, how they should play games. Um, and maybe we'll even talk about go through the schedule and see how the rest of the season looks with the Giants at a six and two record directly staring into a playoff bound a playoff entrance is, is what I you know meant to say or the Giants being playoff bound uh, in a few weeks if they string someone together against very winnable teams in the Houston Texans and Detroit Lions coming up Alex on this bye week how are you doing. I'm doing good. Uh, you know, a little bit sad that there's no uh, uh, Giants football, but there's plenty of Nets drama to get me through the week, which is good. Um, you know, no, nothing quiet in that land. So at least I'm distracted with that uh, and have something to, you know, indulge myself in, I guess, pay attention to uh, with the Giants being off. Joe Shane was all over uh, talking press conferences, podcasts, interviews uh, on what was it now? Tuesday. Um, right after the trade deadline and then through into Wednesday. And obviously the trade uh, trade deadline came and passed and the Giants were not active in it, uh, funny enough. Um, Well, not funny enough, but, you know, 10 trades on the day and none involving the New York Giants. So uh, I guess that's the funny part considering the Giants did desperately need some help at the wide receiver position, but the value, it just seemed like didn't really line up um, that Josh, I, I wanted to bring up one example because obviously the main receiver who got traded, Calvin Ridley got traded, but that's such a complicated situation. I don't really want to get into that whole, uh, whole, you know, dynamic with the picks and then him not coming back till next year. But Chase Claypool, uh, a guy who many Giants fans were kind of talking about, Ooh, what could we, could we possibly bring him in? The Chicago bears traded their own second round pick for Chase Claypool to bring him to Chicago. That's probably going to be a top 50 pick almost guaranteed. And that's, he's actually going to be, that pick's going to be higher than the pick used to pick Chase Claypool a few years ago in the draft. So that's the kind of value we were looking for. If you want to bring in a receiver with that, I would assume Jerry Judy costs a late first. Um, Someone like DJ Moore probably costs a first and more, uh, no pun intended. And I think this, you know, the value just didn't line up. I think a lot of the Giants fans were upset about this, but you can't you can't get fleeced, as our old friend Dave Gettleman uh, used to say. But Josh, I mean, looking back at that price and kind of the price points I talked about, I guess, are you happy that we didn't end up pulling the trigger uh, on one of those receivers? Or are you still kind of regretting that we didn't? Well, Alex, I think this will also kind of 
curve our path. I don't want to go through it now, but this will help curve our path. And we'll, I'm sure, mention it when we bring up uh, the Giants and how they're going to look for the rest of the season. I think them not taking a first, second round pick still shows that the GM uh, and the front office is on the same page and they know what this year means to the team, that this is kind of a, um, a build year to then use these draft picks that they have in this upcoming draft. And then next year they look towards bigger and even better right now at six and two, it might not look that way, but again, these are those lucky wins getting shrunk together. Obviously they're not trying to lose, right? They're not betting on themselves. There's no giants. I'm sure that put the, you know, put uh, some, some money down in Vegas that they were going to lose all 17 games a season. Right. So I, I, uh, I don't expect them to, win the Super Bowl this year. I mean, if they do, hell yeah, great, you know? But um, I think it shows that this front office is kind of working together and they know what this year means. And it's not a go after anyone we want year. That That's not it yet. So I'm happy that they didn't um, they didn't go after anyone for a, too big of a price. And they did trade Kadarius Tony for a pretty big price on the Chiefs side when it came to the picks anyway. So a good job by them. Uh, I, I, I know we're not an NFL podcast, but I would like to speak on that Chase Claypool trade real quick and just credit the Steelers um, for being able to get a second round pick out of a guy that really is not too great and worth a second round pick. Uh, when he was on the Steelers, I know it was Big Ben and and you know now Kenny Pickett, obviously, but wasn't really targeted a lot, didn't really make huge amounts of plays. Uh, and now he's getting traded to a Chicago Bears team, which I'm very confused on what the hell they're doing, Alex. I mean, good thing we're not, you know, a Ryan Poles, you know, if you remember the GM of the Chicago Bears, we were looking into him. We ended up getting Joe Shan. I'm happy about that now because they're in like a crossroads of were they're they're going out here and saying this is a get better year. They have Justin Fields under center who is just the Bears are saying is getting better every single week. I haven't seen that. <laughs> but that's what they're saying. And they're in this like crossroads of do we win now or not win now? They said they're not gonna win now, yet they trade a second round pick for Chase Claypool, who's like an average to above average wide receiver. Just a very weird weird situation overall in Chicago. I don't know what the hell their plans are. But anyway. Long story short, from your original question, I'm happy the Giants didn't go out there uh, and spend too much on a wide receiver. Anyway, so let's yeah, talk about- uh, One thing before we move on, sorry. I, I just have to get this comment in here. A million times, you talked about Chase Claypool, so I feel like I have to talk about him. Ever since the draft, I've always felt like he needs to be a tight end. I don't know why. I think he, his height, his build, maybe he won't be, like, he won't be one of those guys who's going to be able to block well. Um, but I think as a tight end, kind of like an Evan Ingram style tight end where he's just such a matchup, uh, you know, an uneven, unfair matchup for whoever's covering him, most likely a linebacker or safety. I think that's where he'd be a better fit than wide receiver. I just don't think he almost looks awkward at times. I've kind of been on the Chase Claypool to tight end bandwagon. Uh, so I kind of thought it was kind of weird. He's not even your natural like receiver in my personal opinion. Um, but I also feel like I'm the only one who ever has said that. So maybe I'm wrong. Continue. Um, yeah, just I have a quote here from Brian Dable in his press conference on Monday, looking back now after the trade deadline has passed when he was, uh, you know, trying to address that um, situation. He said, we'll see. We'll try to do whatever we think is best for the team. And I think each circumstance that comes up, whether it comes up, whether it doesn't, we'll just take it head on. 
Obviously, looking back now, there was nothing that came to fruition for the New York Giants to make a trade with another team. And Joe Shane said along the same lines that just nothing really worked out value-wise on either side. There was actually a little funny clip that I do want um, you know, to play here, which was between Brian Table and Jordan Ronan. Jordan Ronan asking, oh, well, you know, no, in the next couple hours, in the next couple days, are you planning to be active uh, in the trade deadline? And I guess the interview was on Zoom. So I think Brian Dable either was just being sarcastic or just heard the you're going to be active part um, and answered with this. And also, how active do you expect to be in the next 24, 27 hours? Do you guys expect to be active at all in regards to the trade deadline? I'm I'm pretty tired right now, so I'm not going to be too active. Um, Not going to be running or jogging or anything like that. You said for the trade deadline? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wasn't asking about your workout routine. Oh, I thought you said active. Sorry, oh, yeah, yeah. a long, long flight. Um, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. Um, you know, those are conversations that I'll have with Joe and we'll just take each of them as they come. So I don't know. A little funny thing there to cheer up your bye week about Brian Dable talking about his active health um, <laughs> saying, I won't do any jogging, won't do any sprinting, uh, you know, that sort of thing. Um, I thought that was a little funny. Wanted to add it in there. Anyway, moving on now. So the Giants don't trade for a wide receiver. They trade away a wide receiver. However, they do end up claiming a wide receiver off of waivers, that one being Isaiah Hodgins. He's six foot four, 210 pounds, a 2026 20, round pick out of Oregon State. And Alex, guess where he would be from? I, I have no idea. There's only like this one team that uh, the Giants have actually been nicknamed because of how many players they've recruited. Uh, it actually did also spur, or I guess the that team. Um, though a few of those guys ended up coming to the Giants coaching staff, but I have no idea who it could be. I don't know. What what team are you talking about? I'm I'm really struggling to think. Could it be like the Bears? I know they've been, you know, doing a lot of trade activity. Maybe they've been releasing some people because of it. I mean, maybe it's the the New York Bills. I mean, oh, the Buffalo Bills, who have now been coined the New York Bills. Um, now that totally didn't make sense because the Giants are being known as the New York Bills, yeah, not the Buffalo other way Bills. around. Don't worry about it. Um, but yes, Isaiah Hodgins, uh, Hodgins, however you want to say it, uh, however I'm going to say it because I just say it how I say it, unfortunately, because I can't pronounce names, uh, has been signed by the New York Giants. Um, and it looks like he could potentially uh, get involved for the Giants um, going forward. So that that's certainly exciting. And I think he's a tall threat, 6'4". Uh, 210 pounds. So I think he's certainly someone that could definitely make an impact on the outside, uh, especially when we don't really have a lot of outside guys at the moment, more slot fit type guys. Yeah. um, Moving on now to Joe Shane on Tiki and Tierney on WFAN Um, in New York. He had a pretty solid length, like 20 minute plus interview with them. So we're going to be pulling a little quotes from that interview about some Giants players. uh, One of them being Daniel Bellinger, so when asked about Joe, uh, when asked about Dana Bellinger, excuse me, Joe Shane said the following um, about the health of the tight end. He said the rookie's eye will be 100% after last week's surgery. They're hoping he'll be back versus Detroit in week 11 and in quotes, but that may be aggressive. Joe Shane also said he hopes linebacker O'Shane Zimenez will return versus the Texans in week 10, which is obviously next Sunday after the Giants return from their bye. Um, and then that tweet was from Dan Duggan. Following that, there's been all of the talk even before uh, this and Joe Shane talking about him on WFAN. Odell Beckham Jr., 
He's left the Giants. Um, he went to a few different teams, started out with the Browns, went to the Rams. He is no team he's on right now. He's still injured. And for some reason this season, he's been rumored to come to the Giants so many freaking times. I can't even tell you how many times I've seen the headline on an article. So Joe Shane, when getting asked about OBJ, even addressed it saying, obviously he's a good, he's been a good player. He's a guy we would consider and talk to when he's healthy. I think he did the ACL in February, so not sure really where he is physically. Yeah, any player to upgrade the roster we're going to consider and have conversations with their representatives, Shane said. He's a good player from when I evaluated him. If he's healthy, if a player is healthy, and they would help us win football games, we would pursue them if they fit what we're looking for. Now, based on that quote, Alex, there was probably at least at least five to ten articles written when he is just giving a simple answer saying, if a player is healthy at any position that the Giants are looking for, they're obviously going to look at him. This isn't going out there. It's literally, the in. I'm going to say this in the most like blunt way possible. I don't know if that's the right word, but it's just the Giants saying, yes, Odell Beckham is a player we would possibly consider to sign. Now, everyone's going to run with that and say the Giants have interest in Odell Beckham Jr. That's just... I, I I guess you could say that's the case. I just don't understand. Every why team people, has interest in Odell Beckham Jr. For being they blow this these stuff this stuff out of proportions. I guess because Odell Beckham gets clicks in New York because you know he was such a big phenomenon in the city. But it's just unbelievable how big this guy still is, and he's not even on the team, and he hasn't even been for the past what five years now. I don't understand it why he's been for this long. And Alex, I know you really dislike him, and I know that you you have a different opinion than I do. And I really liked him when he's on the team, but this Honestly, this is getting- to be honest, I don't even really dislike him that much anymore. Uh, I this was is just happy for him proportions, people, though. At at this I, I point, get it, yeah, I get it, but yeah, I I don't have like a hatred for Odell Beckham. I know I've kind of made it seem like that in the past, but I don't know. After watching him win the Super Bowl, I got a little bit teary eyed. I don't know why. Um, I, my, my emotions, my, you know, I kind of opened my heart to him again. Uh, so I don't know how that all happened, but whatever, no one needs to know about that. Uh, even though I just talked about it. So, um, <laughs> anyway, do you have anything else you want to do before we talk about our little, uh, game here that we have or little <laughs> discussion about resigning some players? The yes or no game. Um, the yes or yeah, no I, game. <laughs> Alex, I mean, I'm ready to head into it. Uh, we're going to be discussing, like I said in the beginning of this episode, we're going to be discussing some players that the Giants are possibly looking to negotiate their contracts right now. As Joe Shane, I think Alex was it on that WFAN interview, said this is the time they're going to be looking and evaluating during yeah. this bye week to see um, if there are players to you know negotiate with uh, their contracts. And obviously we know, I'm going to reiterate it just one more time, the top two guys being our quarterback, Daniel Jones, and Saquon Barkley, the star running back for the team, probably the best guy on offense this season for the Giants. Both their contracts expiring at the end of the season. Keep that in mind. Um, so just, just, yeah, just a reminder. Anyway, Alex, um, this is your idea, so I'll let you, without further ado, take it away. Yes, so um, basically how we set this up is I have four players here, or five players here with expiring contracts um, that we're going to go over, and I'm going to list out some scenarios, some deals based on kind of their value according to you know Save the Cap, uh, some other websites, um, and just kind of like adjusting it a little bit based off of that, some going a little bit higher than their intended value per se, and some going a little bit lower, and then we're going to discuss whether we think the Giants should re-sign them for that specific price. I'll list them all as we go. 
And then we have three guys uh, who are eligible for extensions at the end of this year, uh, who the Giants will probably be looking at closely very, very soon. And we'll talk about those three as well. To begin with, uh, Julian Love's kind of been the main guy that people have talked about with an extension for this specific week that that could even get nailed down uh, and signed. I put down for him, uh, a lot of the uh, websites had him at about a $5 million valuation. I think he's probably worth a little bit more per year, that is. So I uh, have the this mock scenario, a three-year, $18 million deal, $6 million per year, and there is an ability to get out of, out of after two years, hypothetically, uh, in this deal. Yes or no, uh, obviously a little explanation why. I'll go first. I do want to kind of put some uh, context around all of these numbers. Uh, for uh, safeties getting paid similarly right now at that uh, price point, Jordan Whitehead uh, on the Jets, Marcus May on the Saints, Von Bell on the Bengals, and Chuck Clark on the Ravens to give uh, you know our listeners some context about how much that really is. Sometimes you hear you know a number and you're like, well, that sounds like a lot of money. $18 million is a lot of money, uh, but how much money is it in comparison? So there you go. Uh, for me, I think Julian Love's been much improved this year, and I think I would do that deal um, I think three years is probably about the right length and $6 million. The names I listed, I think he's comparable at this point in time. Yeah. So looking at Julian Love and the Giants position of safety in general, Alex, we're going to be talking about Xavier McKinney coming up. Although his contract is not expiring, his rookie contract will be expiring. I want to say after next season, if I'm not mistaken, if not the season after that, I think it's Who next talking year. About? Uh, Xavier talking McKinney. About? Xavier McKinney. Yeah. So he expires next, next year. Yeah. The, next the off season. Yeah, so but we're you have ex- the option, but they do have the option to, oh no, he's a second round pick. So no fifth year option. All right, continue. Sorry. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, Alex should have been a first round pick. We already know that he got stolen in that second round, whatever. Um, and anyway, uh, what I was just going to say, Alex, is ad- addressing the giant safety position. We're definitely going to be doing that in this conversation because McKinney will be brought up a little bit later um, when discussing an extension for his contract. Anyway. Unfortunately, this sucks in the way that we have not started our evaluations yet for college prospects. And I say that because it's hard to throw around numbers when you don't know how deep a position class is in the draft. Because if you know, I knew all of the up-to-date stuff on college prospects and safeties were the number one with the most uh, you know, bet really great safeties available in the draft, I would say Giants can walk on Julian Love. You know, have him sign with another team. We'll just pick a safety in the draft. Unfortunately, it's early November. So, I mean, the most we can get is what other people are saying about scouting. You know, we don't do our our scouting until the offseason about draft picks. But anyway, I'm going to just say in the context of how he's playing so far this year and how he's played so far for the team, I think he's a leader on and off the field. I'm going to say that Julian Love for the contract of the three years, $18 million is acceptable. Um, It's not breaking the bank. We might get to some guys that could very well do that uh, in a little bit, but no, I, I agree with you. I think Julian Love, we could sign him with this deal. I think it's 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 doable. It's acceptable. All right, and then moving on now to a kind of bigger splash here. We're talking about one of the main players uh, that we were discussing, Saquon Barkley, uh, and right now I have him here listed at a four-year, $60 million deal. That's $15 million a year. And that's with an ability to get out after three years. Um, For context right now, Christian McCaffrey is getting paid around $16 million a year. Alvin Kamara, uh, 15, Zeke, 15, Dalvin Cook, and Derrick Henry uh, at about 12 and a half. 
This is kind of where the value has been set for a lot of running backs at this point in time. I personally am not a person who pays running backs. Uh, so I think what I would do per, uh, you know, I said personally three times now, but I would franchise tag him for the 12 and a half million. I wouldn't sign him for any more than that. Um, so I would say no to this particular deal. I know some people floated around this number, uh, cause if you kept franchise tagging him at 12 and a half million, uh, that would be less than the 15 million per season. So I wouldn't go any higher than that price, uh, for a running back, even though Saquon Barkley is incredibly talented. So that's just my opinion, but more of a, uh, philosophical decision rather than about the player. Yeah, Alex, so far we're being very boring. We would not work on ESPN's first take because all of those all of those points have to be opposite of each other. Um, we did not pre-plan this. Uh, Alex put some names down on the sheet. We do not know what each other's answers are going to be. Uh, but in this scenario, we are both now two for two in the way of not being correct, but of being uh, having the same opinions. And I agree with you about Saquon Barkley. Uh, I, I do believe that it is the best idea to give him the franchise tag. Again, I understand where we are um, as a team and that this is the sort of, again, more of the rebuilding year, getting some guys uh, who have not played many times, um, have them play, if getting the youngsters, uh, you know, progressing them, getting them better, getting this new young uh, offensive line adjusted with each other. And it's hard to do that with all these injuries, especially with the rookie class, which we went through the rookie class because we were thinking to do grading for the rookie class. What grades are we going to give out? Like every single guy has been injured. <laughs> so yeah, that, that was tough. Um, but anyway, looking at next year, I know that is hopefully one of three or four years the Giants can have of trying to get there, trying to win the Super Bowl with a new coaching staff. Um, for that, you can have a healthy Saquon Barkley, but just not have him sign that big deal yet. Let's see what he does for the rest of the season, Alex. I, I know Joe Shane said this is going to be the week when he looks at all the guys' contracts. I think Joe Shane can wait a little longer. He can wait till the offseason, make sure that Saquon Barkley keeps up this level of productivity throughout the entire season, then maybe possibly consider it. But I would say, if I'm the GM of the Giants, I say, can he stay healthy? Can he do this same exact thing again for another year and show me two years of consistency, of heavy uh, you know, run power, running speed, rushing yards, rushing touchdowns? And, and, that's, and that's my answer, and that's why he signed to the franchise tag. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I think Saquon Barkley and the next player we're about to discuss are definitely players you probably wouldn't extend till the end of the season because you definitely want to see the next few games. So these kind of guys are more for fun. Um, next we have is Daniel Jones, uh, a big controversial one, did not pick up the fifth year option. Uh, and the deal I have here is a three year, $85 million deal with the ability to get out after two years. Uh, that kind of rings up to about 28 uh, almost $28.5 million a year. For context, similar quarterbacks, uh, Ryan Tannehill is getting paid $29 million. Uh, Matt Ryan's getting paid $30 million. Carson Wentz, $32 million. Jared Goff, $33 million. Kirk Cousins, $35 And then Dak at forty. So that's just some context there. Based on those players um, and the fact that I think Daniel Jones is on par with your Ryan Tannehill's, with your Carson Wentz's, probably better than Carson Wentz with your Jared Goff's. I think that is a acceptable deal for Daniel Jones. 
uh, at this current moment in time. Obviously, he has to continue it up for the rest of the season, but I would do that deal. I wouldn't be, you know, jumping up and down, but I think in this day and age, paying $28 million for a average quarterback is not bad. Okay, so this is where we're going we're gonna to start to disagree a little bit. Um, I would say, first of all, check out your options in the offseason. Uh, what you're looking for in free agency if you were to bring in a quarterback. Checking out what you're going to be looking for if you want to bring in a quarterback in the draft. Uh, the way Daniel Jones is playing so far up until this bye week is worthy of a contract. So, with that being said, see what the final record of the team is. See if they make the playoffs. How deep into the first round is this first round pick going to be? Is it going to be number 17? Is it going to be number 24? Where is that going to land? Um, I want to say that Daniel Jones is not worth three years of a contract. And Alex, I would like to argue with you a little bit. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I I wouldn't say argue. Let's see what your stance on it is, what I'm about to say. But what other team is going to be going after a contract for Daniel Jones as their starter? And he wouldn't want a backup role anywhere else. So what's the worst of Joe Shane to be like, yo, you want to stay with this team? I know you have connections with some of these guys. I think you enjoy yourself here, although I can't tell because you have the same boring look on your face every single five seconds. Um, But I know it seems like you like it here from what I can tell. How about you stay with us? I need you to prove it to me again because this is like your first year where you're really going all at it. You haven't gotten injured and you're doing pretty good on the field, but I need another year of that. I'm going to try and sign you to a one-year or two-year deal. I think Daniel Jones would take that. Like, what's the difference from offering three to bring it down to one and two? I don't think there's going to be another team behind the Giants chasing after this guy. I don't think anyone else is really super interested in Daniel Jones as their starting franchise quarterback. So that's my take. I would not, I I, I repeat, I would not take this three-year, $85 million deal. Um, I, I would look somewhere else. Um, in the way that still look for Daniel Jones, but lower that to a one or two year deal if possible. Yeah, I think a two year, maybe like $56 million deal or something like that definitely would be in the works as well, um, where you bring it down a year. Um, but yeah, I, I think I kind of agree with what you're saying, um, but I'm kind of looking at the quarterback market and you're, you know, Daniel Jones's representatives are going to look at the end of the season. They're going to say, right, he's got five game winning drives already. They're going to say, you know, this guy, I don't know by end of the season how much it's going to be, but this guy has eight game winning drives the most in the NFL. Like he's got, he's got the stuff, you know, re-sign him to it. And you never know, right? Certain teams uh, are always going to be in a market for a quarterback, always for a stopgap quarterback. Um, and, and I think you never know, you know, Sam Darnold, for example, uh, went right over to Carolina, right? No one expected him to get a, uh, you know, to, to get another chance after that Jets run. So you never know there. But anyway, uh, I'm going to move on to the next player. A couple smaller guys here uh, in terms of names, but maybe not even in terms of impact. Um, they've been pretty big for the Giants. Fabian Moreau's the first one. Uh, and this guy's really, really impressed, starting on the practice squad and now becoming the CB2 for the Giants. Uh, Spot Tracker uh, has him at around a $4.5 million valuation right now per year. So I made it a two-year, $10 million deal. Quickly, quick answer. I think he's a solid corner. I don't think he's a great corner. Um, and I think solid corners still get paid in this league. Uh, if you look at, you know, similar compensation, I know I keep doing this over and over again, but in case people are interested, you know, Anthony Brown on the Cowboys, Emmanuel Mosley on the 49ers, um, Troy Hill on the Rams, 
I'm trying to figure uh, Desmond King on the Texans. These are similar guys. We're getting uh, similar compensation. I think it's an okay deal. Uh, I'm not like super excited. I think two years, like around eight million, would be a better deal. Maybe four million a year instead of five. Um, but I would reluctantly take this offer for Fabian Moreau. I think you definitely always need depth at the corner position. We know that. Uh, I, I would agree, Alex. Um, the Giants are weak at cornerback, and they had to go with some other veteran options this year. Um, you know, and obviously trying to work in this younger class of cornerbacks as well. Uh, but anyway, going to the point of Fabian Moreau, I would definitely agree. So far, he's been playing worthy of a contract. I feel like this is the type of guy, though, that just would walk away and not resign with the Giants for some reason in my head. It's like he d- he gets all this production. Some other teams have him on the market and they go up and they swoop him and he ends up going to like the Atlanta Falcons or something. Um, you know what I'm you. I mean, I'm thinking of one person very specifically that uh, it, do, do you have anyone who, uh, you know, went to Atlanta? Um, <laughs> but that was once formerly a, a New York Giant. Do you know what I'm talking about, Alex? I mean, do I have to? Lorenzo Carter, I'm assuming? Correct. Yeah. I I was actually just about to mention him for our next guy, so we'll talk about him. That's pretty funny. But yeah, I was going to say, like, he's this type of player that, like, Lorenzo Carter, right, has production with the Giants, and it's just like he ends up getting swooped uh, and goes to another team. So, like, that's that's what I think would happen with Fabian Rowe. But would I sign him to this two year, $10 million deal? Obviously, Alex, we all want it to be less money uh, as Giants fans, right? We don't want them spending all their cap on the second uh, string cornerback. But yes, I, I would say I agree and uh, I would sign into this. But go ahead and move on to that next player we're talking about. Yeah, and I'd also say real quick before I move on, it's kind of the implications, uh, like the, also the, uh, I guess, the 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 example too for Fabian Moreau showing the rest of the team that hey this guy started off on the practice squad and now he's gonna be a multi-millionaire getting a big deal Uh, I think that shows that if you put the work in and I think that's a good example for the rest of the roster as well another guy here Jihad Ward edge rusher has actually been quite good this year for the Giants I have him here uh, at a two-year seven million dollar deal just about his evaluation uh, on spot track and over the cap and you know all those websites I would say yes to that deal, uh, giving some context as I'm doing for all these players. Carlos Dunlap and Lorenzo Carter are two guys who are very similarly compensated. I think Jihad Ward is just around their level, maybe a little bit below. Obviously, the market's always going up, so that's something you also have to take into consideration. Every year, the market goes up. I would do this deal, bring back Jihad Ward. I think he's a great locker room presence as well. Yes, Alex, exactly going to what I was talking about. Locker room presence, not only for the players, but for the coaches. I think Jihad Ward would be more than happy to, you know, to return with this team for more years to come. And I don't even think it's him unless like they're faking it. I mean, it really seems like Wink Martindale gets along with this guy. You see him in in shots, uh, you know, on the camera work of different crews at each game. He's always seems to be next to Wink Martindale. When they win, he's always next to Wink Martindale. I mean, that game, like, uh, I forget which one it was. with the Ravens game, maybe? They, you know, they they took the pan over to Wink Martindale and Jihad Ward was jumping on top of him, giving him a hug. You have the Instagram live after the Giants won in London with the Packers and they're playing some whatever it is, Cardi B and uh, Jihad Ward's like, hey, go Wink, go Wink, go Wink. And he's on Instagram Live and Wink's dancing on his Instagram Live. So it really seems like it's not only the players in the locker room, but it's also the coaches, especially defensive coordinator Wink Martindale that's getting along with Jihad Ward. 
Um, so it seems like not only he would want to stay around New York, but it seems like Wink Martindale and the coaching staff would also want him to stick around. I would do this deal. All right, now moving over to some extensions uh, for Giants players. The three players we're going to talk about are Dexter Lawrence, Xavier McKinney, and Andrew Thomas. Um, let's start with Dexter Lawrence. Obviously got the fifth-year option, um, and we'll see what ends up with him, uh, obviously, as an additional year on his contract. But here I have this extension, this mock extension of four years, $75 million, lots of money right there, and that's almost $19 million a year for Dexter Lawrence. For context, Jonathan Allen, Chris Jones, Vita Vea, Kenny Clark, Grady Jarrett, all similarly compensated. I think this is a position that's getting more and more valuable every year, the interior defensive line. I don't think it used to be as valuable. I think in terms of what his, you know, his progress has been this season, I think it's certainly been impressive. On this particular deal, at this particular time, I would wait till mid-season next season uh, before committing to Dexter Lawrence. So I'm actually going to say no to this deal. Uh, as you said before, it's the one year of production. This you know this year he's you know he's produced in the past, but this is the first year here where he's getting a ton of production, especially in the pass rush. Um, so I'd want to wait a little bit longer before committing you know Chris Jones type money to Dexter Lawrence. Um, so that's why I'm going to actually say no to this deal, even though I love Dexter Lawrence. Well, Alex, actually, quick note here, too. Uh, it seemed like Joe Shane got a call about two players in the New York Giants, and one of them being Dexter Lawrence. Oh, I think his name is Zach Gelb. Uh, Zach Gelb, I want to say, is his name of CBS Sports Radio, was one of the many sources that interviewed Joe Shane, um, you know, this this. Uh, last couple days and Joe Shane I think said yeah there were two guys that I got calls about but it just didn't work out and Zach Gelb I think asked was one of them Saquon Barkley I watched your press conference yesterday and you said that you had one team call you about a player and it was a quick no was it Saquon Barkley it was not I have one more guess. I have <laughs> nope, one more that's guess. It. you only get you only get one that's it all it's right well, our, I'm, I'm gonna give it. you another guess anyway Dexter Lawrence <laughs> It was not Saquon. Wow. Oh, so how about Dexter then? It was not Saquon. <laughs> how about your evaluation of Dexter Lawrence? Because he looks like he's going to be in line for a long-term extension soon. Yeah, he's, he's a, I love Dex. He's, he's, a, he's a great guy. Uh, done a really good job for us. He's, uh, he cracks me up. But, uh, yeah, he's, he's, uh, he's a matchup guy. When you, when you go to play the Giants, you got to know where 97 is because he's, he's uh, playing at a high level right now. Um, you know, big, strong. Uh, tough, physical, and plays a lot of snaps. So uh, I love Dex. He's a he's a good guy, and yeah, he's he's definitely a culture fit and a guy we're going to want around here for a long time. I think it was Saquon Barkley. He asked, and Shane was like, "It was not Saquon Barkley." Then Zach Gelb went on to say, uh, "Was it Dexter Lawrence?" And Joe Shane goes, "It's like a moment of silence." He goes. It was not Saquon Barkley. <laughs> so it seems like one of the calls he did get was about Dexter Lawrence. So the league is watching, Alex, this production by Dexter Lawrence. I also would not take this deal. I would agree with you. I know we're probably sounding very uh, repetitive right now between the two of us, uh, but I guess great minds just think alike. And Dexter Lawrence, in this case, um, yeah, I'm, I would not pay him more than $70 million. I'll tell you that much. All right, and then we've got Xavier McKinney here, uh, four years, $48 million, and that's going to average out to $12 million a year. For context, uh, players around that price point right now, Quandre Diggs, Jesse Bates, Jalen Thompson, Justin Reed, Amani Hooker. Uh, so, so some of those guys 
I think would, in my opinion, be not as good as Xavier McKinney. To be completely honest, I would take that deal in a heartbeat. All right. So just flying through it at this point. Um, X, I mean, my favorite player on the New York Giants, Alex. We, you, you know this. Uh, number 29, which is my favorite number. And that's how I fell in love ever since that point. I mean, honestly, ever since they drafted him in the second round, I picked 36. Um, I even remember the number of the pick, which is pretty crazy for me. I'm not like a huge memory guy when it comes to the draft at all. Um, and I remember his exact pick and we were all saying, how the hell did he fall this late? And just by then I was like, wow, they got a steal. He was out for most of that rookie season. He came in, he got that pick against, I think it was the Cowboys late in the season. Yeah. Um, you gotta love this guy. I think he's worth the money and he's just been a great safety so far for the giants. Last year, do you remember? He, I feel like it was like every other game he would get an interception. It felt like that. Yeah, right? it was crazy. Yeah. So, <laughs> not that much this year, but we have not heard his name been, you know, being called on the broadcast, and he hasn't been targeted too often. You know, you haven't really heard or seen like Xavier McKinney a throw, th- you know, uh, a throw right over his head into the wide receiver's hands because you know I don't know why he plays so good in zone. Um, so Xavier McKinney, nothing else to say. I would do this deal. All right. And to close this one out, it's the big one. Andrew Thomas. Uh, here I have proposed a five-year, $120 million uh, deal for Andrew Thomas. That averages out to $24 million a year. Uh, and that would make him just a little bit over the highest paid offensive lineman in football uh, dressed over Trent Mill- oh, Trent Williams, who's at twenty three and a half million. I would do this deal. Um, I think you know you look at the stat- statistics right now. He's the highest graded tackle in uh, in football, highest graded offensive lineman in football, one of the highest graded players in football. I think it's so valuable to have a left tackle uh, who can you can just leave on an island. Andrew Thomas has been phenomenal. He's great in the locker room as well. Great person by all accounts. Uh, and I think he's one of those guys who you're willing to pay that premium price. Obviously, as the cap continues to go up as well, uh, he probably won't be the highest paid tackle for very long. Um, but $24 million, I know it sounds steep for a tackle, um, but he is one of the best in the game. So I think he deserves to get uh, you know best in the game money. Okay, Alex. So remember, he struggled that rookie year and we were all like, oh my gosh, Andrew Thomas, they made a mistake. They should have... They should have not drafted him. Oh, the, who's the guy on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers? I can't believe I'm blanking on his name because he's like one of the best. Tristan Wirth. Tristan Wirth. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. And Tristan now we're Wirth. talking about $120 million in his pocket, right? Crazy how times change. It's unbelievable. You know, all Giants fans uh, were saying at the time, oh my God, why didn't they take Wirth? God damn it. Um, and now, you know, Andrew Thomas might even be looking better than Tristan Wirth, which is a huge thing to say because Tristan Wirth is still one of the, if not the best tackle in the NFL, but one of the best tackles in the NFL. Um, and now Andrew Thomas is up in that, uh, up in that range. And it's crazy. PFF has ranked him as the best offensive tackle, um, you know, in the NFL. Alex, I don't know if you've seen that clip on the Saquon Barkley uh, rush into the end zone for a touchdown when they stuffed that offensive line. They brought in Nick Gates. The quickness, moving right to left, he moved right, blocked a guy off, came back in right before Saquon Barkley went over the pylon and uh, and blocked a guy. I mean, the athleticism. It's, I, I don't want to completely take over and make this an Andrew Thomas episode. But yeah, the guy is sensational. So anyway, Andrew Thomas, I don't know if you wait a year because if you wait another year after this year and he has the same type of year, you're going to have to even pay him more the following offseason. So I guess probably 
investing in them now and getting it done earlier is, is probably the better. It just scares me a little bit because it's a lot of money. But then again, you got to hope in your guys, right? Eventually. So you can't just be like, oh, but what if he fails next year? You have to hope that he doesn't um, and sign it. Because if he does have another year like this year, next year, it'll be even more. Um, and yeah, I, I think that's it, right? I, I would sign that deal. Yeah. And with that, we we did our segment here. Fun segment. Um, you know, <laughs> certainly an interesting one. Uh, lots of money being dished out. Uh, I'm sure some Giants fans are praying. We aren't, thank God. They're like, thank God these guys, these fools aren't the GM handing out money uh, like it grows on trees. But um, yeah, certainly uh, an interesting discussion. And uh, I think everyone's kind of contemplating uh, who to re-sign and at what value. And obviously that's what Joe Shane is paid to do. And hopefully he makes the right decisions. Um, I guess we'll get into our NFL picks, uh, which don't stop despite the Giants not playing. Uh, we won't have our Giants picks because they're obviously not playing, but we can still pick uh, games for the NFL. Um, right now, the Eagles and Texans are playing. It is 14-14 as we are talking. Uh, we both have the Eagles. We wrote this down even like right when the game started. Uh, so no bias, even though it is a tied game right now. So not really that big of a deal. Um, right. So the first game we have Eagles. I just talked about that. We both have the Eagles. Pats, Colts. Uh, we both have the Pats. Packers. Forgot Lions, the records from last week again. Yep. I'm going to do them in a second. Packers, Lions. We both have the Packers. Last week, we both went 10 and 4. Pretty good. Uh, nice, you know, record there for both of us. Um, so good weeks and no, you know, no difference between us, uh, Falcons chargers. I have the Falcons. Josh has the chargers chargers without Keenan Allen and Mike Williams. It looks like, uh, so interesting to see how Justin Herbert handles that bills jets. Uh, we both have the bills Vikings commanders. We both have the Vikings B- uh, Bengals Panthers. We both have the Bengals Raiders Jaguars. We both have the Raiders, uh, and then dolphins and bears. We both have the dolphins. All right, time for me to take over, and we're going to start out with a really good one, honestly. It's Seahawks versus Cardinals. Interesting that Alex decides to go with the Cardinals. I choose the Seahawks coming off a really big win against the New York Giants, and I don't know if you saw that, Alex. Um, It was, I think, Geno Smith, Tyler Lockett, and DK Metcalf came out for the press conference together um, at the same time after the game, and it was a really great sequence among, it seems like they have really great chemistry on that team, and obviously Geno Smith coming in as a complete surprise to many NFL yeah. fans, kind of blowing I'm salty. out this year. That's why I picked against them. I'm salty. <laughs> uh, it's Rams, Buccaneers next. And I thought this was a funny matchup. It's the battle of the two teams that were good and now kind of suck, <laughs> is the way I would put it. Tom Brady and the Buccaneers struggling. Matthew Stafford and the Rams struggling. Everyone's questioning, where is the good team in them? Where is the Super Bowl champions in them? You know, um, But... Out of the battle of the bad teams that were good last year, we have the Rams winning there. Titans versus Chiefs, we both have the Chiefs winning there. And the Ravens versus the Saints on Monday Night Football, Alex and I both have the Baltimore Ravens winning that game. All right, so with that being said, Alex, our longest episode of the season kind of by far. We've been normally ranging in the uh, 20 minutes mark. This is like reminding me of old giant take. What is going on here? Cruising around 45, 50 minutes. Um, we thank you so much for listening to this longer episode and sticking around. We we hope you enjoyed this 
bi-week edition of the Giant Take podcast, going with some different ideas, talking about some contract extensions. And uh, I'm going to ask you to help support us a little bit more, if that's okay. You can subscribe on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, wherever you want to listen, for that matter. Um, to find out more places to listen, if you want to check that out, go to shippingstudios.com slash thegianttake. You can also rate us five stars on Apple Podcasts or Spotify as well. We are on so many social media channels. And some of those are, well, mo- all of them are, um, starting with Twitter and TikTok by the same username, The Giant Take Pod. And then Instagram and Facebook is the same username, The Giant Take Podcast. Alex, he's on Twitter at Anorian23. I am Josh. I'm on Twitter at Josh Solo 29 And I think I covered everything. Um, it's also going to be what I just talked about. It's in the podcast notes. Um, if you want to check it out there too. Alex, close us out here. Thank you, everyone, for listening to today's episode of the Giant Take Podcast, and we'll see you next time recapping the bye week. Welcome to the All 80s Movies Podcast. I'm Bill. And I'm Jason. And this is the podcast where we talk about the blockbusters, the flops, and everything in between from one of the freshest decades for movies, the 1980s. So whether you're a brain, a jock, a valley girl, or a Jedi, we've got some 80s classics for you. Do these movies stand the test of time? Are we discovering something new? Is there an 80s movie we're finally watching for the first time? Join us each week as we dive into the cinematic nostalgia that inspired and influenced a generation. From the hits to the cult classics, we'll discuss our earliest memories, favorite scenes, fun facts, and our not-so-favorite movie moments, too. It's the All 80s Movies Podcast, now available on all major streaming platforms. Please subscribe and happy listening.